0: Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7, WEIFM fm and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app.
1: Hour number three of the Rich Keith Show here on WEI. Fitzy with us until 10 o'clock. You can join us at 617-779-7937. If you missed any of the program... You can download the Rich Keefe Show podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And right now, on Twitter, at Rich Keefe Show, we're asking the question, very simple, what one word would you use to describe the Patriots? Uh, Let's have Fitzy kick this off. Uh, What would be the one word through six weeks of this season would you choose? Joyless. Good one. Yep, (laughs) It has been a joyless operation.
2: It has been a joyless season. This is a joyless team, and it looks like we have a joyless three months ahead. I challenge anybody to tell me right now on the phone, on socials, at FitzyGFY, at Rich Keefe Show,
1: et cetera, what has been the fun part of the season to date? It was honestly watching Christian Gonzalez, and then that was taken from us. It was watching Gonzalez early be like, hey, they hit on a first round pick. It's a premium position. He looks really good. Defensive rookie of the month. Then he's out. Out for the yep. year. So yeah, that was that to me has been the high water mark of the entire year. Can't think of anything else.
2: Yeah, I mean Christian Gonzalez, maybe, uh seeing Brady run down and yell, let's go. Uh sure.
1: Yeah, Tom, right, Tom Brady returned in the, the season opener. Right. And you uh, played I, you played Philly kind of close. So there's yep. there's that. That was hey, nice. Uh,
2: Cole, yeah, Cole Strange almost completed yep. the weird lateral for a first down. Yep, that was uh, a fun play. It yep. feels like two Kenny years ago. Kenny Chesney rang the bell.
1: <laughs> that was, no, that was not a high no, point. That okay. was not a high point. You know how I would describe him? And this is uh, my late grandfather, rest in peace, who was a diehard fan of all, all the teams in town. Anytime we would talk about like a player or when like say the Red Sox were really bad or even back back in the day when the Patriots were bad, yep. He would just say simply that they were lousy. And lousy. that to me is Great the perfect adjective. it's the perfect word. The 2023 Patriots are lousy. Because sucks gets thrown around too much where it's almost like you hear it and like you don't even everybody sucks, this guy sucks, that guy sucks whatever. To say they're lousy it sums it up perfectly because it's like their team is no good, but it's almost dismissive in a way where yeah. it's like they're just lousy. Like, I shouldn't even waste my time on it like this. And there's no coming back from lousy. If someone's you know, like, you're lousy, you're like, God, I should probably just take a lap.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, let's say
1: you're starving, right? Yeah, and- sure. I am There's right now, plate. actually. I Haven't eaten I, in a say, while. Well. I,
2: can't, yeah. I can't eat enough. Uh, the The <laughs> definition. It's just one of those days. Yeah, I might, I might have had a couple extra pops last night. All good. Um, uh, I, was old, good. I was out with some old friends in the city last okay.
1: night. Nobody's hey, nobody's shaming you on that. Hey, it was good. good.
2: Yeah. Uh, the definition, the informal definition, very poor or bad, borderline disgusting, <laughs> uh, <laughs> lousy, and like uh, so. Uh, let's lousy. say a place is open, right? And, yeah. You are starving, but you know you have to drive another thirty minutes to get to a decent spot. But like this place is wide open, and someone in the car goes, "Yeah, but the food here is lousy. You're not
1: going to eat there." No, the food's lousy. You're like, oh
2: God, drive. If past they say that. hit or miss, yeah. If they say hit yeah. or miss, take your chances. That's fine, you take your chances. De- even decent, decent. But lousy.
1: Yeah, lousy's tough. Lousy's hard to yeah. bounce back from. Stiz, who's a man on the phones as well right now.
3: Stiz, you have the one word for the Patriots? Funny, the lousy makes me think of like when my mom would be like, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. Disappointed? Are you disappointed? Oh, "Oh, man. No. Resignation is the word that I would use. Yeah. A lot of players, I mean, what are 14 injured right now? 20. 20, You know, all together, yeah, 20 20. total. And it makes me wonder, you know, different team, different year, are some of these players going to play through some of these injuries? You know what I mean? Like, Uh, pack
2: it in. Just go ahead. I, I, You know, I want to know what we'll see over the next couple of weeks, Rich, as we play a little spot of trade them, keep them, drop them, keep them, cut them, screw them, whatever it is. <laughs> keep them, <laughs> cut them, trade them. Keep them, cut uh, them, trade them. We'll find out real quick because the trade deadline is on Hall- All Hallows' Eve, on the Ooh. 31st, so 13 days. And, you know, the, we'll see what level of compete some of these guys bring. Like last week, Hart and I even did this on the podcast. We were on the six rings. We were... Yep doing like Jabril Peppers. Not only do I want to keep him the rest of this year, I hope he's around next year and the year after that. That's going to be one of the guys you're going to be able to or want to build around.
1: It's a short list of guys that you like, but so far we have... uh, Jelani
2: Tavai, feel free to come on in and grab... You know what? It, you, you probably should only grab two slices of pizza first from the pizza party, but if you want a third and you want to grab one of the pepperonis, go ahead. Yeah, go, go ahead.
1: ahead. You're trying. You're making an effort. Go ahead. Get that third slice, Jelani. We have joyless, lousy, and resignation. And none of us swore. No, pretty good. It's yep, all, because we're, we're radio people. The first
2: wild. word that comes to most people's minds, beyond disappointing <laughs> yeah, if you're being no, a professional, <laughs> right. is rhymes with smitty.
1: Yep, it is, and you... Every Sunday when uh they're playing, you just go on just scroll through Twitter and you see all variations. <laughs> hey Rich, gonna
2: give you let me give you a good one. Somebody Got uh it. yeah ran by ran by us on Twitter. Actually it's a fan of uh uh the stuff we put up on Pint Club and on the tweet machine, the six one seven Butch. He wrote You would probably see bags on people's heads Sunday at the game, except paper bags at grocery stores now cost <laughs> ten cents.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, I don't want to be throwing money away. These are these bags aren't free. That's fair. Yet they're uh they're coming abysmal, problematic, poo-poo. People people are Cr- people are winding. Cruddy. Uh, cruddy's a good one. Cruddy's cruddy's, good. Yeah. I mean
2: yeah. I, I, I at first was gonna go with depressing. Sure. Uh, but then joyless like because no, if you describe is something good. as yeah. joyless like it's just That's tough. It's that's another tough one to come back from.
1: Yeah. Cause like we were talking about this before, but you look at all the bad teams across the league. And teams that are one and five or two and four, or whatever it is, and you're like, Oh, well, they have, you know, a rookie quarterback who they're trying to develop, or they have one stud player that's like worth the price of admission, or where like there's something with those other teams. It just doesn't feel like there is with the Patriots. All right, let's go back to the phone. Six one seven, seven seven nine, seven nine three seven. Uh Sam in Somerville on something we talked about earlier. Oh wow. Yeah. Tough timing. Sam, how are you? Are you okay? Are you safe? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, Your friend, not no, so much. I was much. talking about the. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Um, the Juan Soto trade. I think it's. We've built the farm up from Bloom. Yep. I think it's a bad trade to make for Soto. He's an overrated player. All he does is get walks, really. Hmm. I mean, Shohei, you get him on a budget right now. He's a pitcher and a hitter. He's a great hitter, great pitcher, for a budget of 200 mil less probably than what you could have got him for if he was doing both.
1: Well, so it's interesting that I don't know how much cheaper he's going to come. Because, first of all, free agency, everybody goes wild. Like, um, you know, Corey Seager's up at plate right now, and he's actually lived up to it way more than I thought. But didn't he get 325 a year ago or two insane, years ago? Like, he and, uh, and that's actually what set the table for the
2: Trey Turner deal.
1: Marcus Simeon got a ton of money from them right. a couple years ago. Yeah, Trey Turner got so much money, and yet these guys are playing Right now, Aaron Judge got just shy of four hundred million. So I, the only reason I say this, I think Shohei Ohtani's still gonna get a ton, but I wonder if he and his agent would be willing to kind of tweak the deal. Where hey, we're willing to give you five six hundred million, but you have to pitch a certain number of innings. Because if you don't, that's the highest paid DH about like by tenfold. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they'd be willing to play ball or does one team just come in like the Mariners or the Dodgers and like, we don't care. Like we'll just, we'll pay it anyway. Well, the
2: Dodgers just do that all the time, any which yeah. way. But uh, I feel like Shohei's people are either going to sign like a two-year deal someplace or they'll have to come up with one of these insanely creative deals Yeah. where, okay, if he can't pitch, then it stays at this level. If he pitches – there will be escalators and incentives and uh, values added to the contract that will make it worth X. And if the Red Sox and Shohei can come up with something like that, yeah, or any other team yeah. would, now I'm leaning. Now I would start leaning back more toward Otani. I only said Soto just because he's younger and healthier.
1: No, I, I get that, and I think the caller was kind of downplaying Soto a little bit. Like he's not just a walk. I had 35 home runs last year. He had a 930 OPS. We're talking about he how he still, played he in every the, game.
2: Yeah, he becomes like the best hitter on the Red Sox. Yeah.
1: I mean, he does walk a ton, and the Red Sox have kind of gone the other way. They have a bunch of guys that are just more free swingers, so I don't, I don't hate that him coming in here. And he's twenty four. I like, guess it's insane. it will be twenty five soon, but whatever. Next season he'll be twenty five. Uh, so yeah, I would definitely. Yeah,
3: but what about Marcelo Mayan?
1: <laughs> take him, take him, please. Uh, let's go to uh, Matt and Walpole. What's up, Matt? <laughs> Going on Otani for the low low price of 450 million count me in <laughs> get in, in there
0: <laughs> yeah. right
2: um no
1: money well, i wanted
0: to talk about the patriots i've uh i've come
1: to the sad realization that i think the offense has actually been this bad since 2019 when tom brady played here i mean there's really not been that much change in the
0: offense and let's count like the subtraction of Edelman, which is a subtraction, mm-hmm. and the offensive
1: line has gotten worse. But I think people forget about how awful Tom Brady looked in this offense in 2019. Like, people were wondering if he was going to retire. And then he won a, went and won a Super Bowl in a better offense. Like, it hasn't gotten better. And if Brady couldn't get you anywhere except for a first-round exit in this offense, then, I mean,
0: what, are, what do we think Mac Jones is going to do? Hey, no, Matt, you're right. Lem-
2: yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, Matt, while you're online, let me just, you know, recount – Yes, we all were wondering if yep. Brady was in decline and what the hell was wrong with him. Was it a combination of uh, an elbow that people had been talking about was bothering him and his demeanor because he was pissed that he wasn't getting offered that deal? But you did have the combination of a lack of weaponry, and they even went out and uh, you know whizzed away a two for Mohammed Sanu. Edelman was super banged up. Nikhil Harry was a total waste of time. Philip Dorsett was a Don't bag of balls. Antonio Brown yeah and who was your who was your top tight end matt yeah antonio brown for for all of eleven days in one game, Matt Lacoste was your top <laughs> tight end me, you know and the ghost of Ben Watson, and also the offensive line they'd come off a year where not a single guy missed a start the entire year. They had insane continuity in twenty eighteen all the way up to the Super Bowl. Marshall Newhouse started the majority of the year at left tackle you had you you were missing your guards at times David Andrews got hurt like the offensive line was bad, so yeah, a lot of these things lead you to think, hey, if Mac Jones goes somewhere else someday, Rich, Mm -hmm. there is a chance he may go somewhere else, maybe put up his 2021 stats, maybe even do a little bit more. But at this point, I think we've just seen enough that even if he does that, we know he's never going to like all of a sudden ball out and go
1: 455 touchdowns no, with a no. with a middling yeah. roster.
2: It's just not going to happen. No,
1: and it's true. I mean, Brady was the most depressed 8-0 quarterback. That's what Gronk said. The team went 12-4, and but it was College they work, had the yeah. number one ranked defense. They feasted on bad quarterbacks that year even more than they maybe ever have. They, they were dominant statistically, defensively, and that's why they won a lot of their games. Offensively, they were middle of the pack in yards. They were actually seventh in points, but again, that can – Sometimes be misleading because the Mac Jones rookie year, they were sixth in points, but that's because they scored 54 against the Jets and 50 against the Jaguars. Uh, Uh This year, they're 31st in points. Last year, they were 17th in points, and the Cam Newton year, they were 27th in points. All right, we'll keep uh, talking uh, Patriots with you. If you want to talk Juan Soto, Otani. we're all ears on that as well. More keep, cut, or trade coming up here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy. Right now here is Stiz with What's Trending.
4: The Greg Hill Show Weekdays 6 to 10
0: Now, here's what's trending On WEEI
3: Trending now The Patriots continue to get ready for the Buffalo Bills On Sunday kickoff at 1pm Coach Belichick spoke with the media early, Earlier today about the challenge That the Buffalo Bills bring
1: These guys are all tough and you know, defensively a really good front Very disruptive up front Oliver, you know, he's as good as anybody Will play Um A lot of turnovers on defense, so ball security is top priority for us this week.
3: The Patriots injury report was released earlier today, and on the did-not-participate list were Trent Brown, Hunter Henry, Jonathan Jones, Riley Reef, Josh Uche, and Keon White. There were also 14 names on the limited-participation list. I won't list them all, but some of those names included David Andrews, Christian Barmore, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Ramondre Stevenson. The Celtics have one more preseason game before their regular season gets underway next Wednesday when they will be in New York to take on the Knicks. The Seas beat the Knicks last night, 123-110. to They'll hit the road to take on the Charlotte Hornets for their last preseason game. Tip-off from Charlotte tomorrow night, 7 p.m. The Bruins remain undefeated at 2-0. They'll have their first game on the road tomorrow night when they'll be in San Jose to take on the Sharks. Puck drop at 10 p.m. And the Rangers will host the Astros tonight for Game 3 of the ALCS. First pitch was about 10 minutes ago at 8.05. The Rangers currently up 2-0 on the series. I'm Stidz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Rich keith Show coming up.
5: Get Boston Sports Original on the go wherever you go. Just
0: download the Odyssey app. Now it's the Rich keith Show on Weei.
1: Back here in the Rich Keefe Show, WEI with Fitzy on this Wednesday night, taking up until 10 o'clock. You can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Rich Keefe Show in a Patriots edition of Keep, Cut, or Trade as the Pats are one in five and trade deadline a couple of weeks away. We already talked about Mac Jones. I think you're more stuck with him, whether you like him or not. You know, some are saying, Oh, you got to keep him and figure it out, or even if you don't want him, there's really not much you could get for him. It'd be dumb to cut him. So I think you just have him for the rest of this year. Uh, what about Bailey Zappi? I'm almost at the point fits you, where if they're not even going to use the guy, like what's the point? What's the they don't want to. Like they they don't they really don't want to play him. So like why does he even have a roster spot?
2: Ah, uh, that's a great question. Honestly, like at this point if you have brought in Trace McSorley, Matt Corral, Ian Book and now Will Greer to hopefully take the third quarterback spot or yeah. second quarterback spot, depending on how they plan to use or surprise people with Malik Cunningham. I don't even know why they're holding on to Billy Zappi.
1: I don't get it. They cut get... him and then brought him right back. Yep. And so clearly there wasn't a lot of interest in him at all because – you got to, his head must have been spinning when he got cut. And he's like, wait a minute, what? But then he's back on the practice squad. Then he's back on the active roster. He gets thrown into a couple of games. Does not play well. He really does. He doesn't play well. And then this past week, he's the emergency third quarterback. We'll see if that remains again Sunday against Buffalo. Uh, let's go to the phones as well. 617-779-7937. Jake is in Boston. He joins us next. Hey, Jake. Oh, boy. Uh,
5: How's You doing? Uh, most, most fun part of this season Every day the billboard I bought two years ago ages like a fine wine. Okay. And Fitzy, you need to go back to our calls from 2020. Oh my gosh. I have them. You are so DeLulu. I know why you ducked my call on Sunday. Anyways, uh, <laughs> my biggest fear here is that Robert uh, can's uh, bill here in the next. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know. Uh, Robert can's bill here in the next few weeks and gives the key to Gerard. And in turn, Steve and Brian and all the nepotism boys get their promotion over there at One Patriot Place. I don't think it's going to happen because Robert needs the awkward family photos with Bill and Tom next June when Tom comes back for his night to validate Robert's existence and his role in the, in the dynasty, which was 92% Tom and 8% Bill at this point. Other than that, th- your season is right now making sure Taylor Swift's suite is well-equipped with high noons and truly is when Travis Kelsey comes to town. And here's the comparison. John McVeigh was given a freebie year by Rams management, so he would stay it's He was given a freebie year while the Rams are in cap jail. He's three and three, giving 40% effort. Three and three. Bills one and five. And then Robert, to his to his discredit, he's spending time in the Hamptons. More time in the Hamptons now than ever. He's in meetings with Vladimir Zelinsky and going on Squawk Box. He might know who the president of Ukraine is. I don't know if he knows that Josh Uche is up after after the end of the season and can pressure a trade so you get something for him at the trade deadline. He loves coddling FIFA. He loves coddling Michael Rubin of Fanatics, two of the most putrid, pathetic organizations around. I don't even want Jonathan at this point. Like, this is a full-on organizational enema at this point, and everyone from the top on down, from an accountability standpoint, needs to go. And you'll notice Robert didn't say anything at the NFL meetings today. Like, he ducked reporters because he knew he was going to get asked tough questions about football. He'd much rather talk about world affairs right now, but he's ducking. He's scared. He doesn't know what to do, and he doesn't want to fire Bill because once he fires Bill, it's all on him, and he's going he's gonna to have a bunch of people realize what a fraud he's been the last 25 years.
1: Well, Let's find out what happens at the end of the year. I don't think he's going to fire him during the season. I don't. And if you want to say that he's scared, uh, I don't really know if that's it because what's that going to do? And like to the caller's point, like I'm not trying to promote any of the guys from within. So if, if Bill's gone and then Gerard Mayo's the coach, does he get credit for that or does he not get credit for that? Talking about craft. Like are people going to be happy with that or they're not going to be happy with that? It is really difficult to remove everybody from like, there are so many coaches on the staff. There are so many scouts. There are so many uh front office people. And that's why it was kind of comical when Bill mentioned, you know, the Raiders have nine coaches, five scouts, 10 players or whatever. Like he he knew exactly the number of all the it's guys that left. Yeah. He yeah. left, he knew, he knew them all, but yeah, I mean, anytime a team is bad, whether they were great for 20 years or not for like they, they need to make major changes. So I don't know. I'm not mad at Robert Kraft yet, but if for some reason Bill and Mac are in place next year, like that's insane. Like that, that, that would be like a fireable offense. But one that of hasn't things, happened yet. One of the things Jake brought up is
2: a point I was thinking about earlier today as well. You absolutely cannot dismiss Robert. Excuse me. You can't dismiss Bill Belichick at any point this season, and not just because oh the franchise will pay a price. Oh that he'll you know he'll curse the Patriots for decades for you know, their lack of gratitude for all of his service and accomplishments. But, like, what if Belichick then decides to hold a permanent grudge against the Patriots, doesn't show up for Brady retirement, doesn't show up, like, doesn't mention them in his Hall of Fame speech, you know, just decides to, like, just cut the Patriots out of his life permanently. Yeah, he could do that. Goes on a sour streak.
1: But my—because Hart brought up a similar point yesterday, and my response to that was— is there any guarantee that at the end of the year Bill just doesn't think he's coming back and you're like, "Well, no, we can't. We can't have you back." And then he holds that same grudge.
3: Yeah.
1: See, like at some point you just have to do what's best for business and Robert Kraft has a long history of doing what's best for business with it, with other stuff even outside uh-huh. of the Patriots. And like this is sort of a uh This is a a major point in Robert Kraft's ownership because three years ago there was a major point and he sided with Bill Belichick Mm -hmm. and he let Tom Brady play elsewhere. Despite him thinking that he only played for the Patriots, like he went to the Bucs, played three years with the Bucs, and won a Super Bowl Mm -hmm. with the Bucs. So Bill Belichick, like, are you worried about when you induct him into the Patriots Hall of Fame or are you worried about turning this team around? Like, that should be more important. I mean, and is the Shula thing even on the table at this point? Because gone. Forget it. I it don't think It has to be is. gone. It
2: has to be yeah. out of the question. How could you possibly, possibly have the Don Shula coaching record on your mind at this point? That, yeah. If, uh, uh, and, and what if, like, we don't even know the details of Bill Belichick's contract
1: Rick. See, that's another part of it, too, where I think... The mystery. If it's... No matter how long it is, if the right move is to get rid of them, you need to do that. You are you are one of the uh, the more wealthier owners in the league. You have one of the best franchises in the league.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: can't be the team that says, "Well, we're paying the guy; we might as well keep him." Like that's yeah. not that's not good. <laughs> that's no, not that, that's... that's not to the benefit of your fr- your franchise. And I
2: think none among us at this point think that Bill Belichick, who has. Is- come up with so many unbelievable head-scratching Devonte parker-esque excuses mm-hmm. for the way the team has played Well, we threw for 350 yards like oh well the, you know last 25 <laughs> years oh, yeah well, the first three games of the season yeah has come up with so many head-scratching parker-esque excuses that who is to you know who's to think that if somebody were to approach him and say bill you gotta you just you have to let go we're gonna rest free the control of the personnel yeah. and being a gm like you think he's gonna be like yeah you're right No.
1: No, it's not. If I had
2: to bet, I would say he doesn't.
1: And believe it or not, I don't really see the benefit in canning him in the season. And it's not just because, like, oh, he's done so much for the franchise, which is true. Like, he has done a ton for the franchise. I know people are trying to play revisionist history, and they're trying to poke holes in everything that he's ever done. But I don't think this team, roster-wise, is... Good enough where you're like, oh, the coach solely is holding him back, and if you get a shot in the arm, maybe you win an extra couple of games, maybe you can grab a wild card. That doesn't exist. There's not a coach in the world that could turn this roster around mm-hmm. and have them a playoff team. And almost in a weird way, if you're Robert Kraft, and if you're frustrated and you got to be frustrated how the season is going, m- like making Bill coach the rest of the season is probably the biggest punishment you could hand him. Like hey, for eleven more weeks, you got to go out there and 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 be grumpy on the sideline as you lose to every coach that you have always defeated for the last. You made years. this
2: mess. You coach it.
1: Yeah, I mean, pretty much. That's how I would look at it. Be like, all right, these. This is what you have to do. This is this is you created this over the last four plus years. You know, no yep. plan to replace Tom Brady. A bunch of bad drafts, some bad trades, horrible free agent signings. And you used to just, you beat the Bills so badly for 15 years, like, you got to get your comeuppance. And so this weekend could be a big blowout for the Bills. You go uh, to Buffalo, uh, end of the year, second to last game of the season. If Buffalo has anything to play for then, like, look out. That hey, could be
2: ugly. Rich, the craziest thing is no matter how much time we spent talking about last year mm-hmm. and, you know, insert n- nickname or insert unkind words you have here for Joe Judge, Mac, Patricia, that offense, everything else that goes along with it. That offense is running circles around this offense.
1: Way better. Oh, way
2: better. It's it's unbelievable to think the 2022 New England Patriots offense
1: absolutely thumps (laughs) the 23 (laughs) offense. What a joke. That is uh, something I did not expect. All right, we have Ian in Greenfield. He joins us next. We got Ian.
0: Yeah, so. Actually, last Friday I recommended Sunshine. But, anyways, um, so my one word for the Patriots is inept. And it's the ineptitude of Belichick not being able to draft good players, and it's Belichick and O'Brien not being able to have the skill to design game plans, and plays that will benefit or rather cater to the strengths of the players they have. That being said, maybe they don't have the players that they can use.
1: It's a tough combination, Ian, when the players aren't very good and Mm -hmm. you can make a case that the coaches may not be very good anymore either. Yeah. Like where do you you go from there? Because I think – In season Now, there is the aspect of potential trades, but trade deadlines in the NFL typically aren't as busy and active as NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball. Although Bill has made a bunch of in-season trades before, but I'm less worried about him making a massive trade or not trading away a a piece that they have, because I don't think they have great pieces to trade away. Uh, Like right now, the issue with Bill is the coaching part of it, which we always kind of thought was a a given. Like, oh, he's a great coach, and yeah, yeah, the other stuff gets in the way. But now, like, there's enough examples. This quarterback situation on Sunday is the latest, but there's enough examples of is he really this like great coach anymore, or has too much of it passed him by? The game has changed too much, and he's still dug in with some of the stuff from the past. Uh, I think it's. I think
2: it's probably. I think it's probably more the stuff from the past. Yeah. I just. Th- I just think he's so rooted in his ways because they worked for so long for him yeah. that while he still under, like tries to evolve, uh, there's just not enough room in his template for how football is played and coached to just completely, radically change affairs. Like years ago when the Patriots had the game plan offense and they could morph into whatever they needed to be to beat you any given week. Like, we'll run more. It's the Jonas Gray night. It's 2007. We're just going to throw to Randy Moss all the time. Yeah. That was great, but there were other offensive minds at play And you had so much more talent. Excuse me. Well, you did. Whereas now, what are they they supposed to morph into? What are they supposed to evolve into? They
1: don't have the personnel to look like a contemporary team. Now, this is uh, a quick would-you-rather, which is also going to lead into another point. But uh, would-you-rather have... Rache Caldwell and Doug Gabriel, or Devontae Parker and Juju Smith-Schuster?
2: Oh, my God. Rache Caldwell and Doug Gabriel. Exactly. And Because so, I have Rache Caldwell, who could actually shake. Now he had the worst hands at times, yeah. but he could yeah. actually shake open.
1: Rest in peace. But I think those... Oh, yeah. But right. he, but here's the other thing about those guys is, you know, Brady got... And Brady's better than Mac. I'm not trying to compare those two. And, and Brady got the most that he could out of those guys. But Bill, all the way back in 06-07, recognized how Caldwell and Gabriel weren't good enough, so he went out the next year and got Moss, Welker, and Stallworth. So how mm-hmm. can that same guy, even then, who never like loved wide receivers, that guy who made that change in 06 to 07, how can he watch the wide receivers here the last couple of years, like Nelson Aguilar and Devontae Parker, and then come back this year with Smith-Schuster in and Myers out and just going with that like that to me is insane it's the same guy that recognized a a massive change for an upgrade and that was a team that was in the AFC title game in 06
4: Whew.
2: yeah i'm well i mean like he let Dion branch go yep uh he like he pro- probably because in the end the decision he made cost him as much as it did brady and i think that's what made him think i have to go out and i have to get more because you know, I should have been able to get another Super Bowl. I would have been, it's, I would have looked so good. It
1: is weird though when And when he, he yeah. damned
2: himself that year.
1: No, he did. It's funny though. Well, I mean, there's such a uh, track record with Brady. There's so many years. So there's years where he spent at receiver, there's years where he didn't, there's years where he drafted him, years where he didn't. But it did feel like he at least took some big swings for Brady by the end, and most of them didn't work out first time he drafted one in the first round was when Brady was his Brady's last year. He traded a two famously for Muhammad Sanu. He brought in Josh Gordon and like tried like to bring him back multiple times. He went out and got Antonio Brown. Those moves don't seem like he's even tried that at all for Mac Jones. I mean, I guess you could say, he spent money on Aguilar and free agency, I guess. But yeah, like maybe so did
2: he go crazy in two thousand twenty one? I guess get burned and then just decide, you know what, I'm not doing that ever again. I'll just That's, win with the yeah. the guys I can afford because it leads you to believe or it leads you to think that either Bill Belichick wants to find out if Mac Jones has the toughness to survive the adverse conditions that he's created for him if he's gonna try to work with him or invest in him long term, or he just is or he just like went from loving this kid which he seemed to two years ago to vehemently disliking this guy and now DGAF about what he surrounds him with
1: yeah it is really strange because there's no way you could have thought that this was a good receiving core like before they even took the field it was in the bottom five or six you're like oh my god like what are we doing here that's why we're all screaming for Hopkins even though Hopkins is uh past his prime he'd be far and away the best guy they had on on this team. Can you imagine how happy he'd be if he were on this team right now? Oh my god. Now that things are much better for him. I was in Tennessee, say Tennessee but... he might have a, he might have some similar feelings. I don't yeah. I don't really know. Uh let's go to uh Jack in Beckett. What's up, Jack?
0: Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. You know, you guys uh were just talking about how you believe Belichick made good decisions from oh six to oh seven. And I I really question uh whether or not he made those decisions. You know, in those days he had Ernie Adams working for him, he had some other assistants working for him. And uh, you know, even Robert Kraft said uh in an interview recently that when Belichick decided to take Brady it actually wasn't Belichick's idea. It was another assistant that recommend that saw the value in Brady uh and recommended to Belichick that he take Brady. Yeah, so I think I, yeah, that the, yeah.
1: Go ahead, you so you're not giving him credit for Moss Welker and the Dallas Thomas no, Wars? no
0: honestly i the only thing I give him credit for is Belichick likes value right usually yeah, right um, but I do believe that Belichick does uh listen to his assistants. um see, I, I,
1: see so, I disagree with that part, Jack like that's one thing where we can't really have it both ways like does He's the one that drafted Tavon Wilson and Jordan Richards and all these guys that we nobody had ever heard of. Like, he steps in and doesn't listen to guys then on the bad ones. But then when uh a Scout says, Hey, we should trade for Randy Moss, he's like, Yeah, let's do that. Like, I don't think we can go we can we can't do that. No. It oh seem, God, no. That doesn't no. seem fair, right? Like, I think I think the caller is right on the Moss. Like, he didn't trade a one for Moss, so I think that helps. Wes Welker was the guy that he saw in the division. He identified and he liked him. Adalus Thomas, who actually was decent that first year, then things really went off the rails, but he identified him and he's a defensive guy. He's usually going to spend more money on defense. That's sort of uh he was, good, uh, the, he was good
2: he was sneaky good no seven we just we just for, and he, was, and he, he had, had a great super bowl, bowl yeah. as well right. it's just that we forget that because there was the 09 yeah. Jetsons routine and the sour apple the sour apple that he became
1: but that's just but, one like where like either either does or he doesn't listen to his scouts right like he can't have, can't well, have the f- most
2: things. famous the most famous discarding what the scouts told him to do was 2019 with Nikhil Harry when yeah. the scouts told him like no. And, and and now, of course, we're finding out that someone else may have told him inside the building to sign Juju Smith-Schuster over Jacoby Myers. Not that Jacoby Myers would take a 1-5 team and make them 5-1, and one, but he was told to draft Debo Samuel, but his buddy, who had coached at Arizona State, said, like, yeah, no, no, uh, Nikhil Harry's a good kid. He's you know good 50-50 ball guy in Belichick. Amazing. You know, eschewed the scouts in favor of Whoops. his buddy. and
1: Whoops. Yeah, not great. Oops, not oops. great. All right, you can join the program at 617 779 7937. Key for Madness comes your way next here on WEI. It's
0: the Rich Key Show on WEI.
1: Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app and take
5: Boston Sports Original everywhere you go.
1: It's time for Kiefer Madness. Kiefer Madness! Richard Kiefer, I think it is. Rich Kiefer. Who is that?
3: How you doing, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Joshua Adams. Uh, what now?
1: It's Kiefer Madness. Where's, Where's Kiefe? Kiefe? Where is he? Where's Kiefer? Where is Kiefer? Hey, Kiefer, you're a doobie. I was doing Junko Inoshima from Danganronpa.
0: I'm a firm believer in UFOs and Sasquatch. That's funny. Yo,
1: Kiefer Madness is so hit or miss. Kiefer's a nice guy. Kiefer's a nice guy. Okay. <laughs> Kiefer Madness?
0: It's Kiefer Madness on W.E.E.I. I bring it kind of crazy. I mean, cocaine in a hot dog. I mean, doesn't sound right.
4: The guest says he woke up to find Neil sucking
5: on his toes. When police arrested Saunders, he was completely
1: naked.
4: There was a woman in Texas that was actually killed by a group of wild pigs.
1: All right, here we go. Time for the madness on the Rich Q show with Fitzy here on WEEI. And uh, Fitzy, I know your kids are young. So yep. I don't know if you've gone this route or even if you will at some point. But the old school board meetings. Oh, they
2: are a blast. Rich, yeah. we even go so far here. There's such an active PTA in our town. Good, good, that, good. Oh, my God. I, my wife and I are like, yeah, what do we need? Do we need some, like someone to help us with the kids? Or just someone to reply to all the school board and FNPTA emails.
1: Well, there's an opportunity for people to voice their uh, displeasure with certain things. And this is uh, no different. You go out to the great state of Arizona Mm. for this story where a uh, father is a little upset about the dress code. So he took matters into his own hands.
4: An East Valley parent is getting a lot of attention tonight after taking off his clothes during a school board meeting. (laughs)
1: That would do it. That you know, would stri- do it. strip protest, huh? I'm gonna. Uh, I don't like how things are going, and so I'm now gonna remove all of my clothes. No, that's not actually what happened. But
5: Valley Parent is getting a
4: lot of attention tonight after taking off his clothes during a school board meeting to reveal some pretty short shorts and a crop top, and this is all over a new dress code in the Higley School District.
1: Supporters of this new dress code say it was time for a change, but critics say it's absurd. So, big dress code feud going on right now. Really, two sides of this very polarizing out there in Arizona. Some say it was time for a change. Others, absurd. Casey Torres spoke with this dad who made the visual and verbal protest during the meeting.
4: It's the show and tell seen at the Higley Unified School District meeting in Gilbert last. <laughs> it's
1: just news voice. Just <laughs> oh, it's, it's perfect. The show it's, and uh, tell. Oh, there's video. You can see this gentleman. They, you know, everything now is uh, on video, so you can probably go back Probably public record, right? Yep. School board meeting. Go uh, look it out if you if you so choose.
4: It's the show and tell seen at the Higley Unified School District meeting in Gilbert last month. Ira Latham stripping down to a crop top and short shorts before telling the district board that its proposed dress policy is lax.
1: That here are short shorts? And short shorts. Shore shorts. Shore shorts. If you're shirt sure and your shorts, you can wear short shorts. What's that what are short shorts? I don't know what they are. The shore shorts. Shore shorts. She it's
3: may tough wanna, to say. She yeah. You want to
1: enunciate that a little better. Or... Must have been a live hit. You know, you can't have yeah. that one back. You know, you're you're alive, you're, you're there. In the truck, you're trying yeah. to make the air air deadline. Yeah so not to to paint the picture on this gentleman but he's not obese but he's not exactly a uh, a fitness model either so he's like okay. sort of like like us, sort of like somewhere in between so dad he, bod yep dad bod so he popped the top took his shorts off to reveal shorter shorts or short shorts and a uh a crop top is what he was wearing so let's mm. let's
2: hear but not like one of those crop tops where it looks like a sports bra but they're actually like a lot of football players wear them now where they monitor their heart rate, and it's a very contemporary athletic thing. Kyler Murray famously was seen in one.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. Short shorts. They weren't short shorts either. No, that's not not what we're looking for.
5: As a dad that's very concerned about my children as well as everyone else's kids in the district, I, I wanted to make a clear argument. The
4: former policy, which hadn't been updated for two decades, wouldn't allow for a student to expose their chest, abdomen, or midriff.
1: I feel like that's kind of standard. Is it uh, not? I don't know. I don't really keep tabs on this in school. Oh, this guy's... Oh, come on. Put it back. Oh, happens. my God. Look at the photos of this Are Oh, guy. you watching oh, this gentleman now? Yeah. What an
2: absolute slob. <laughs> come on, guy. He's I mean, like, a have point you, seriously, have you seen... Has no. this guy... Honestly, has this guy... What has this guy seen more of, like Pepperidge Farm or the elliptical?
1: I would lean probably towards the Pepperidge Farm would be my, <laughs> would be my guess. But uh, he's trying to make a point. I think, he, you know... Loud and clear.
4: The upgraded version only restricts students from exposing their undergarments.
1: There you go. So. (laughs) Undergarments. (laughs) Undergarments. That's probably one of the reasons why they had to upgrade the old, uh, or update the uh, dress code, I would say. So, before, it was like, let's not see your bellies, let's not see your backs, let's not see your shoulders. Now, it's kind of like, as long as we don't see those undergarments, kind of do whatever you want. I guess. I, I mean... I don't know. It's like a Maxim shoot now all, right, all of well, a sudden. Well, like, look, I, you know, I'm the father of two young
2: boys. All right. Uh, so, you know. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Yeah, Paid for the upgrade. Yeah, bro. Pretty good. Uh, but, like, I don't have to really worry about them. Wearing anything that's going to be too scandalous or, you know, no. risque. Like, they're nope. not going to go to school probably with, like, sweatpants that say juicy on their rear. No, but, like, they're
1: not. But they also have, they'll have, down the road, they'll have another issue if there are girls there who are wearing said. Right. Uh, and you're raising I, yeah. two,
2: you know, fine, two, young, upstanding right. ladies. Correct. They're going to probably both go head to toe and, you know, make burkas <laughs> to school the rest yes. of
1: their lives. Yes. And then if if not, I'll be showing up at these school board meetings, taking my pants off. Before they had some
5: guidance, but now they have no guidance. It's just basically kids, cover your underwear.
4: Board member Anna Van Hook, who is against the new rules, believes not all parents' concerns are being heard. And the fact that we have adults advocating for children to have less clothing on is absurd to me. She says a loose dress code would interfere with the student's education. That's what we need to concentrate on. And... I think it's doing these kids a disservice by allowing them to be able to wear whatever they want to school. Parents and board members against the change hope they can revisit the issue. Reporting in Gilbert, ah. Casey Torres, Arizona's family.
1: Oh, all right. Casey Torres. <laughs> pretty pretty had to, strong. Had to sneak that last little emphasis.
4: Reporting in Gilbert, Casey Torres, Arizona's family.
1: Arizona's family? Oh, not even give us a the number there. So, I really, no uh, resolution, it doesn't sound like, but you can wear whatever you want now in this Arizona school, and people are pissed. Mm-hmm. People are pissed about the whole that thing. Is just a, that is just a shame. Mm-hmm. All right.
4: And short shorts. Short
1: shorts. All right, that'll do it for the the madness uh, tonight. we got three hours good down, one. one hour to go on the program, and, of course, Grab Bag comes your way at 920. This is the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on WEI.